0: You could have everything in the world and still have nothing. And money does not make you happy. It only buys you time to realize you're not happy.
1: That is so true.
0: And when a demon lives inside you, he doesn't leave. Demons don't leave.
1: That's from the Macho Camacho documentary. That was his best friend, Rudy Gonzalez. But it's interesting because people think money will make them happy. I've fallen for this at times. But it's not true. Money is just a Band-Aid, a temporary Band-Aid, and then you pull it off and you're still bleeding. You're still bleeding. Money does not buy you happiness. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit. Maybe that's something rich people tell, people that don't have money so they don't make money. Because, I mean, let's all be honest. We'd rather be unhappy in a bigger house than a smaller house. So if these demons aren't leaving, you know what? I'll take the money. Let me take the money and I'll be unhappy in, in, in a bigger house and have whatever I want. This is episode 11. What's wrong with Orny Adams? What? Let me ask you something. What demons are you living with? What demons do you have that you're trying to get rid of and how do you get rid of them? A lot of people try... Some people join cults. Do you think that you would ever fall for a cult? Do you think you'd ever be a victim to this crap? On their website, the cult members openly described their desires
0: to leave Earth, claiming suicide would rid them of their human shells, believing that a UFO, a spaceship, was traveling in its wake, And according to their leader, that was going to be the vehicle that was going to take them out of here. Among the dead,
1: Marshall Applewhite, a one-time psychiatric patient, known to his followers as Doe, who founded the cult in the 1970s, and predicted he would one day rise from the dead.
0: In a sense, we're body snatchers because we came and incarnated into these human bodies, and now we're leaving these human bodies behind.
1: This is what I learned watching the Heaven's Gate documentary. Remember that cult where 39 people committed mass suicide in 1997? If two people come to your town, tell you the world's coming to an end, and that they're aliens... And they can get you on the UFO. Yes, the UFO we're all looking for that can take you to heaven. But you have to come to their seminar first at the local Holiday Inn. Don't go. Don't go. Because 20 years later, the world's still going. The world's still going. But you're dead, so you don't know that. And we all know you don't have to kill yourself to get on a UFO. You just stand in the middle of a, a cornfield and look up and uh, you'll be abducted. Yeah, come on, people. Get it together. Did you watch that, the Heaven's Gate documentary? That, that cult where everybody tried to look the same, there was no gender. Actually, it was kind of ahead of its time, if you think about it. But they look like uh, they weren't very attractive. Can you say that? As far as cults go, like you watch the Nexium. that's a good-looking cult. And then this one, they look like uh, a bunch of John Denvers. A bunch. I better I better shut up before I get myself in cuz I don't know what what can you what can you say? What, you, what what can't you say? Let's just let's play the theme song. It's episode 11, What's wrong with Orny Adams?
2: Just another rainy day in Jersey. <sighs> Why is it always raining? Oh, of our funny little friend. Oh yeah, Tell me about What's his name again? Orny, Orny Adams, Adams. Put it together and what do you got? Watch. You've got Orny Adams. Wait, 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 wait. What's his name again? <laughs> his name's Orny. What's He's his name really, again. really funny. What's his name again? I, how do you not remember my What's name? name, like, name I, I
1: can't. How many times does she have to say it to whoever? Is she talking to herself? She's like me, talking to herself. Welcome to What's Wrong with Orny Adams. We're going to talk about uh, what's wrong with cults. What's wrong with exploding head syndrome. Do you know what this is? And we have a 90-day fiancé recap. Oh. little violin. Makes me want to do one of the... I want to do some knee slapping. This is uh, provided by Heather, a.k.a. Mustard Ghosts. On Instagram, find her. And what's wrong with the buddy bench? Do you know what the buddy bench is? Do you Do you know what's going on in this world? Is anybody anybody real? We we might actually be dumber than my original hypothesis. On the news, we finally have a vaccine, and everybody's concerned. How cold is it going into the arm? Who? How cold is it go? Who cares? Take the vaccine. Who, cares? If you feel a little discomfort for a second, who cares if it's cold? How cold? You just got the, va- this is the news. You just got the vaccine. How cold was it going into your arm? Okay, to be clear, it's not cold. If the temperature of the vaccine is affecting whether people take it or not, I mean, we can't be this dumb, are we? I think we are. I think we are. Like cults. There's no way. I would ever, ever fall for a cult. I'm sorry. I can say that unless I'm in a cult now because they say that. They say sometimes people are in a, Most people in a cult don't realize they're in a cult, but I, I, there's not even a group I'm hanging out with regularly, so I don't think I'm in one. But if if you came to me and said, I'm an alien and I have the spaceship that's going to take you to heaven when the apocalypse happens in two years come come join us come dress like us cut your hair so you look like uh John Denver and put on big glasses let's so you look like John Denver i would go you're nuts you're nuts i don't even like the people in the vitamin aisle at whole foods i'll be honest with you i don't like those people people dreadlocks you know pontificating about you know valerian root or kava, kava whatever the latest is i mean <laughs> These are supposed to be the happiest people in the world. Go go to the beer aisle in Walmart. You want to see happiness? There's happiness. Everybody's trying to figure stuff out. Cults. But what I realized was that Heaven's Gate was not a good-looking cult at all. And I would hope I would at least qualify. Maybe I don't qualify for Nexium. That's the cult where they were branding people. The women were being branded. I can't imagine getting that deep into anything or believing in anybody that much that I would brand, brand. But again, I haven't been there. And everybody says, smart people, smart, educated people that come from good families fall uh, fall into cults. Well, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be in a cult. I've joked about it. When I was in M- Milwaukee years ago at a comedy club, I made a flyer. This is maybe 10 years ago when everybody was trying to get people to join their email list because we heard, hey, if you go into a city, you collect emails and then you put them in a a database. And then the next time you're there, you send an email and say, hey, you saw me a year ago. Come back and see me again. Tell friends like this shit promotion that comedians are always being fed. Oh, by buy Facebook ads, buy Google ads. Um, Are you doing this? Like, that's why I'm doing this video right now because somebody said, hey, put up clips from your podcast on the internet. That will get more viewers. Like, I'm so sick of promoting. I'm not doing this because because I want to promote. I'm not doing this because I'm looking for what I may have been looking for when I was younger. I'm doing this because I have something to say. I'm not worried about the, the monetization of my art anymore. I'm I'm not. I don't think I ever was to the point where you see these people selling their souls and making decisions that have nothing to do, nothing to do with being creative. It's like when you see famous people on ads. You say, how much money do they need? When they call up and they say, hey, will you do an ad for this car company? Here's an extra million. And maybe they go, you know what? I'm going to take that million and I'm going to buy this house over here or whatever. I, I don't know. Maybe they donate it. But how much do you need that your fans, your viewers are looking at you, going, "You're a sellout." I'm so sick of people selling out their art f- for money and winning. I'm trying, I'm trying to be pure. And and I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I've gotten far, but it's so frustrating. This lifetime is so frustrating. It really is. If you're young, just accept that. Don't join a cult. Don't join a cult. Maybe I wouldn't be in the Nexium because nexium they were really good looking. I feel like I would be in between. Although there's some people in Nexium that weren't good looking. Maybe I, but I think I'd show up for Heaven's Gate and say, I'm not into the look. I'm not into this bowl haircut and the big glasses. I'm not into the the John Denver look. I I don't know. They had uniforms. I think they, they were dressing like Star Trek. Remember they found 39 people dead. They thought they were all men. When they found them, there were like 39 men committed mass suicide in San Diego. I, I looked, I said 39 John Denvers committed suicide. But they were into neutral gender, which is, that's sort of ahead of its time when you think about it. I'm sure all this stuff is controversial, but I guess people join cults because of conformity. I, I took some notes here. People want to be part of something. I get that. I want to be part of a group. I, I always wish I was part of the comedy community. I never really felt part of that. I feel like my comedy was accepted, but I wasn't accepted wholeheartedly with love and open arms. That's what cults do. They they put out their arms and they it's called a love bomb. And they make you feel so good. This one woman, Flora Brown, she wrote an article. It's called I Grew Up in a Cult. And I can tell you why normal people join them. And she said they give concrete answers to thinkers, seekers, people that are looking for something. So in her cult, uh, they sold them on this apocalyptic biblical prediction stuff. you know it's all, something's always coming to an end. It's always a taking time bomb. but they said uh, the indoctrination process was the best part of being in the group. So when you first join, that's the best part. New people are invited to dinner. Quizzed intensely about their past. You know, people love to talk about themselves. Pointing at myself right now. Offered uh, home-cooked meals and support around the home. Had their dance card filled uh, with happy social events. They were love-bombed. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, what would you conform to... To that level, there's no way... Remember the, the uh, Solomon-Ash experiment where they took lines? There they were different heights. So they'd show them... There were eight people that were invited to a room. Seven of them were actors. They were participating, knowing what the events of the experiment should come out as. And then one person was, was the experiment. And they'd line them up and they'd ask eight of them in a row in answer to a question. And the last person would be the person that wasn't in on it, in on the experiment. So they'd show them a piece of paper with a line on it, a certain height. And then they'd show another piece of paper that had A, B, C, three lines with varying heights. And it was pretty clear, like very clear, what the correct answer was. B was the same height as the initial piece of paper that they were shown. And they go down the line and they go B, B. B, 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 B. And then they'd get to the guy who wasn't in on it. And he'd say B. Great. Then they'd go do another one. And clearly the answer C. So they should all say C. And he'd say, uh, they go down the line, A, A, A. And you see, look, the guy's face like, what? Like, sort of confused. And then it gets to him, and he should say C. And he says A. He conformed. Now, would I ever? No. I would look at these people and go, what is wrong with you? Is this, are you a joke? Look, I'd stand up. I go, does, does this line, does this line look like it's the same height as this line? What do you, what are you, seven people that need glasses? Like, like I, I would call them out, but these people didn't call them out. They said, uh, here's what they said. Because I was reading about the experiment. Why did the participants conform so readily? When they were interviewed after the experiment, most of them said they did not believe their conforming answers, but had gone along with the group for fear of being ridiculed or thought of as peculiar. What year was this study done? Peculiar. What a peculiar. Oh, 1951. The Ash experiments, uh, 1951 at Swarthmore College. Let's see, the Ash conformity experiments are often interpreted as evidence for the power of conformity and normative social influence, where normative influence is the willingness to conform publicly to attain social reward and avoid social punishment. And cults do all that. They use diet to control you, sex to control you, the way you look to control you, And then they create this echo chamber where you keep hearing the same thing over and over. You keep hearing uh, uh, A, 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 but you know it's C, but you can't fight it because you want to fit in. Next thing you know, you're in San Diego uh, committing mass suicide. I don't believe I would ever fall for a cult, but I believe a lot of people right now are involved in all different kinds of cults all over the world believing in, in a lot of shit. And nobody wants to hear anybody else's opinion. I got into a, an argument at a social gathering the other day over whether we should be teaching empathy in schools because I had a varying opinion. Nobody's allowed to have a varying opinion anymore. Now, Alan Martin of Wired Magazine explains the phenomenon of the echo chamber, which I think is a perfect, perfect word, uh, uh, expression. So, like, the way this works is if you go on Google and you look up flat earth... All of a sudden, they're going to start sending you more videos on flat Earth. And then you watch it, and people say, yeah, the Earth is flat. And you, underneath it, there are comments where everybody's talking about how the Earth is flat. Next thing you know, you're one of these idiots that thinks the Earth is flat, even though we have aerial aerial photography and we know the Earth isn't flat. All right. So he says, this is Alan Martin of Wired Magazine. If you surround yourself with voices that echo similar opinions to those uh, you're feeling out, They will be reinforced in your mind as mainstream to the point that it can distort your perception of what is the general consensus. So everyone else in the world says, well, the earth isn't flat, and then you're part of a group, and all of a sudden you want to be accepted, or for whatever reason, it's all you hear. We're all stuck in certain echo chambers, including myself. Uh, I'll be honest with you I'm happy with my echo chamber so I'm not I'm not seeking I'm not seeking uh your opinion but I I listen to everybody I love to surround myself by people that have varying opinions because it enlightens me it makes me think oh maybe my thinking is a little bit off or it allows me to analyze why they're so off but nowadays and especially in comedy like I I, I was just trying to tell a joke. I was just trying to tell a joke at the social gathering and the setup was, I can't believe, you know what I heard? This is, this is me trying to set it up. Ready? My, my neighbor came out the other day and he said, you're not going to believe what they're teaching my kids in school. I go, why? He said, empathy. I go, what? Yeah. It's, it's called uh, step two class. This is L.A. schools. Maybe it's a private school. I don't know. Uh, step two, empathy class. And he'll and give examples like uh, so-and-so shows up late for school, 10 minutes late, and she or he, he's crying. He's very upset that he's late. He's embarrassed, and he's in the hall crying. And, and then they ask the student uh, who's taking the empathy class, what, what do you do? What do you do? And he's supposed to say, I would go up to that student, and I would say, don't be upset. It's okay. It's okay that you're late. I'm going, what? They're teaching this? I'd go up to the kid and say, hey, why don't you tell your parents to get you to class on time? Huh? Sitting here crying. Take that energy and go home and say, enough of this crap, mom and dad. From now on, School starts at 8 a.m. We know that. Every day, 8 a.m. This is not a fluctuating start time. We start every day at 8 a.m. I want to be there at 7.50. I don't want to ever be crying in the halls again. So I, I I just wanted to sort of like, you know, I wanted to get into this whole thing because I called my nephew and I said, are they teaching you this, this empathy stuff in school? And he goes, yeah, oh, yeah. They teach us mindfulness. I'm like, oh, boy, oh, boy. Starting to feel like the uh, – uh, the uh, the vitamin aisle at Whole Foods. Mindfulness. Oh, the use of that word sounds like a cult to me. Mindfulness. When people say that, I always think, oh, they just they read a self help book and they 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 want to say mindfulness. Mindfulness. Like right now, I'm rubbing my eyes and such, it's, oh, and it's on video. This is why I don't want video. I I, I don't know if I mentioned. I'm I'm now videotaping the podcast yeah i, I think i mentioned it oh, mindfulness i said uh, what about empathy i said what he said yeah they teach us empathy i go what is that that's how i said it what is that empathy what is that and he said that's when you try and put yourself in somebody else's shoes i go wow this kid's smart that's a that's a good answer and uh and then my sister yelled out tell him about Tell them about the Buddy Bench. The Buddy Bench. Do you know what the Buddy Bench is? This is a bench that they put in the playground. This is the same playground uh, I grew up in where uh, people would chase me until I fell on the ground and then pummel me. But now they have something called the Buddy Bench. Okay, and the Buddy Bench is for students that, you know, they're feeling sad or they feel like they don't have friends. And they can sit on the buddy bench, and somebody is supposed to come over and talk to them. I go, you got to be kidding me. They've got a—I said to my nephew, you don't sit on that bench, right? Nobody in our family sits on the buddy bench. And he's laughing because he gets the joke. He gets the joke. It's okay to joke. I go, the bu- the the buddy—I thought, I should donate a bunch of buddy benches. We should have the Ornie Adams buddy bench. Because I'm so the opposite of the buddy bench. If you're feeling sad, like, would you sit on the buddy bench? Then you are known as the person that sat on the buddy bench, right? Maybe there isn't a stigma. I don't know. I don't have kids. I'm so out of touch. I'm very anti-bullying. You know, I discussed that on a previous episode. So I don't want kids to be picked on. I certainly don't want kids to cry. I don't want them to feel lonely. I know what that feels like. And to be an outcast. But is the Buddy Bench the solution? Do institutions need to teach our kids how to have empathy? Is that something you learn at home? Is that something Is that something that can be taught? I mean, serial killers, they lack empathy. I don't care how many times you tell them to go up to a student in the hall and say, don't cry, everything's going to be okay, or to put themselves in somebody else's shoes. They just lack empathy. Some people lack empathy. Here's the other thing. Too much empathy can be dangerous. What? Did he just say that? What? 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 Too much empathy can be dangerous. You can't be empathetic all the time. You can't put yourself in, in the shoes of every homeless person you pass or everybody that's having a rough day. You just can't. You'd lose your mind. You'd lose your mind. You have to temper. You have to regulate your empathy. You can't put yourself in a, It's not my responsibility to put myself in everybody else's shoes. Are they teaching that? Or they just teaching, if you see somebody crying on the buddy bench, to go over there and play therapist. Now, I'm fine, I'm fine with them bringing empathy, awareness in the classroom. You know, let's say there's an incident where somebody is upset and somebody doesn't, a student does not approach that other student with empathy. It's okay to pull that student aside and say, you know what? Can you imagine how you'd feel if that happened to you? If, if... You were late for school and you were embarrassed or uh, your, your your clothes were dirty. Your parents sent you to school with dirty clothes. Can you imagine that? You know, think about that. Don't, don't make fun of that person. I get that. I get that. That should be part of this anti-bullying. I, I, I get that. So now I'm at a party. Oh, here we go. I wasn't going to get into this, but now I am. This episode's already way too long. I have so much stuff I need to talk about, and I haven't even gotten past the buddy bench. So I'm at a social... Hey, I don't want to brag. Hold on a second. I don't want to brag, but I had two socially distancing uh, get-togethers on Sunday. Two. I don't want to brag, but uh, no, no buddy bench for me Sunday. I had a lot of friends. And uh small get togethers, masks outside. All right. So don't write in. I don't want to hear it. I have to feel normal a little bit. So I'm at the second, I'm at the second get together. Drinking, having a good time. We're all laughing. And I'm I'm sitting away from everybody just to set this up. I'm away from everybody on a bench by myself. So- Do you see where my, my brain's going? Time to test out the new uh, buddy bench material. See where my mind is going? So I want to talk about how at the last get-together, I was told by my neighbor that they're teaching empathy. And then I call my nephew. And I and I want to tell them that I call my nephew and that we're laughing and having a good time about them teaching empathy. And that I, I learn about this buddy bench because I'm sitting on a buddy bench right now. All right. So there's a setting. I'm at, I'm at the, get-together. Everybody's laughing, having a good time. Everybody knows I'm a comedian. And there's a couple of people I'd never met before. So now I, I got to show them I got the goods. I'm the real deal comedian. So I said, uh, as I'm sitting there alone on my bench, hey, did you guys know they're teaching empathy in schools now? I didn't even get that out. I was attacked." by three vegans, okay? And anybody who's been attacked by a vegan before knows what I'm talking about. You can't even finish a sentence. God forbid I have a a different view. That's what we become. I wrote this down. Where is this in my notes? You can't have different views. The uh, The world has become have my opinion or don't have an opinion at all. What happened to healthy discourse, healthy debate? People used to listen and perhaps change their mind or respond and change your mind. I wrote that at like three in the morning because I was up going, I can't believe I got attacked by three vegans. I couldn't even get out. Can you believe they're teaching empathy in school? Couldn't even get that line out. I got pounced on, which felt like a form of bullying. I felt like I was being bullied by these three. All I wanted to get to was the buddy bench. And having this discussion with my nephew and my sister laughing about the buddy bench and me going, you don't sit on the buddy bench. We don't sit, you know, and he gets my he, he's laughing, not the vegans. He's laughing. And I and I said, uh, I said to my nephew, I said, hey, did you know that's how your parents met? Yeah, your dad was sitting on the buddy bench. Your mama. Now he's laughing more. Do you see how the, how the, how it's evolving? You see how if if the vegans had let me finish my sentence, we could have had a whole 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 bench run. Because there I am. I'd say, hey, look at I'm sitting on the buddy bench right now. I you know what I want? Where's the where's the uh, I need a career bench. Where's the uh, my dad watches football all day and Sunday and ignores me bench. Where's the I was late for school and I want to cry bench. We should just have benches set up all over the world. I was just just in Target and somebody wasn't wearing a mask bench. Where's the, we just bench after bench after bench. Where's the, I spend all week working on a podcast and then not enough people listen to a bench. We should just have a world of benches for whatever you need, for whatever your, your, then the whole party, I was having fake empathy, just a show. You know what it's like if we were empathetic all the time. Like somebody got up and and their knee hit a table. And I said, oh, oh my, I'm sorry. That must feel so bad to hit your knee. I can't imagine right now what your knee is feeling. Like if we're empathetic all the time, doesn't that come across as insincere and fake? Aren't we going to sound like uh, the people up in Canada that apologize all the time? sorry, sorry, sorry. When you're up in Canada, that's all you hear, sorry. They joke about it. Everybody jokes about it. Do they really mean it? Or is it just them throwing it out there? Is it just throwing out a word like mindfulness? I'm going to be mindfulness. Like out here a few years ago, I realized everybody started to say, I'm I'm sorry you're, you're feeling that way. Even my agent says that. He doesn't give a shit. I, I'm sorry. Nobody's really sorry. In this world, it's pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and take care of yourself. But I am very anti-bullying, so I want these kids to feel comfortable. I want to be clear about that. Are we really that... Man, I'm all over the place. I have so much to talk about. Do you want to hear about how I recycled a banana peel, or do you want to hear... I never even finished this story about cults. So let me wrap wrap up the cults, and then we have to move on, because we're going to be empathetic towards people that have exploding head syndrome... Oh, and exciting! You're not going to believe who's back, back on the on the
0: uh, podcast for an update. Th- this guy, remember this? You so know, you're
1: feeling good. You're feeling
0: fine. I wouldn't say that, but uh, in terms of my security about the apartment, I mean, you know, no, it's a little embarrassing, Frank. This is why I didn't want to do your podcast. Okay, do you not want to talk? No, I do, but it's just that you get into these things that I don't want to talk about publicly. Okay, let's not talk about it then.
1: What do you well, want to talk about? Well, we already did, and now I'll, I'm concerned. I'll, okay, I won't. What don't you want me to air? It, what What did you just talk about? You don't want me to put on? I'll uh, the, be happy to d- edit it out. Yeah,
0: thanks. Uh,
1: uh, I that's me following up with Stephen Allen Green, comedian. I'm going to play you one more clip. He was on I th- maybe episode five, and people wanted an update. They said you left off. You left off. You said you didn't tell us how Stephen Allen Green uh, lost all his money. And, and how's he doing? How's he doing? Well, I encourage everybody to find this guy on on Facebook and social media. Uh, he's a friend. I find him fascinating. But I'm going to play you a, a clip from 2019, and we've already run out of time. So now, because there's a 20 minute discussion I had with him the other day, an update. So now that's going to have to go into episode 12. I'm I'm already editing down because I got. Carried away and had to talk about the Buddy Bench and cults and cult-like thinking. So I wanted to tell this story. When I was in Milwaukee, and yeah, signing up for uh, emails. I don't think I, f- I finished this. I, see, this is, my mind is so all over the place. This is what it's like on, on stage. I am I get scattered. I have a million thoughts and then I get paralyzed. Anyway, comics are sold on this this promotion. There's always a new way to promote. There was email lists, and there was a time where you got people to text you. You had like text uh, Orny to five two something, and it, it, I actually had the some number, and you text it, and then I'd gather your information, and I'm supposed to you know respond back. Here's the thing with emails: most of the emails came in that uh, it would say uh, the, the email would be like Jim at Orny has a big fat face and I'm like. Whoa! Somebody owns Orny has a big fat face Interesting, interesting, huh? Okay, I'm gonna put that in, Jim at Orny has a big fat face <laughs> and of course it bounces back. The other thing is we used to change our emails all the time, and so y- you know you'd go back and everything would bounce. It-, it was dumb. I I I just wanted to write jokes, do them, like this this podcast. I've got a computer in front of me. I've got millions of notes. I'm holding them up. I've got a board. I'm running cameras, lights. It's it's too much. I want to show up turn the microphone on and have somebody else run the clips. I want to have someone edit the clips. I edit these clips all week. I spend hours a day. Not that it's any of your business, not that you care. And I understand that you shouldn't have to just sit down and listen and enjoy this or don't enjoy this. But they, there was a time with like, get the emails, and if the club knows you have a thousand people in that market and you can email those people and get them to come. And then that became by Facebook ads by that. It's like, I just want to be funny. When when I, when I dreamed about being a comedian or I knew it was inside me, I didn't think about. And my dad told me early on in life, you're going to get uh, torn up by the, the commerce of art versus art. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny? If on the table, because that's what people are doing. They're putting cards on the table with a, a pencil, a golf pencil. Even though nobody's golfing, there would be a golf pencil. Which, I don't think those things ever get sharpened, do they? It's just like a one-time. It's a stupid pencil. Golf pencil. Like, if you're a serious golfer, shouldn't you have your own pencil? That, you know, is fancy? And, you, and the guy, the... uh The guy who doesn't have as much money golfing goes, I'm going to jot down that score. And you say, oh, hold on a second. I'm going to pull out my uh, Louis Vuitton golf pencil. It's very fancy. I don't use the plebeian, the little stumpy little crap pencil that they provide, which has um, diseases all over from previous users. Okay? That's what, I would, that's what I would do. So you'd have the golf pencils and then there would be cards for the club because now the club's collecting emails. So now you have to collect emails too. So you might say, you might maybe, I don't know, you ask a couple of questions, your name, what city, how did you hear about Orny? Now, now we're doing our own marketing research. Did you enjoy the show? It's like, who gives a shit? I remember the first time I ever did stand-up comedy, they had those comment cards on the table. It was slapsticks in Baltimore. And I was the MC. It was the first time I was getting paid. I think I did Monday through Sunday, three shows Saturday night, $150. $150. That's what I got paid. And I had to stay in a comedy condo with a comic named Andres Fernandez, who was killing. And every day I'd wake up and he'd be playing on his micro cassette recorder. He would be playing his shows on the night before and uh, he'd put it in my ear and go, that's laughter. Want to hear laughter? That's laughter. <laughs> that's, what, that's what comics do. Like you'll hear me making fun of Stephen Allen Green because that's, comics love to kick down. Kicking down is fantastic in the comedy community because you've been there but you got beyond that. You know the uh, person below you is a bit envious. You kick up. That's called being bitter. Oh, he's bitter. Kicking up. Don't kick up. That makes you bitter. But at slapsticks in Baltimore, at the end of the night, I would find the cards that said, uh, "What'd you think of the MC?" One through five. Or, uh, you know, what'd you think of the MC? And they'd be like one. I'd be like, tear that one up. I remember, like, like that had any effect on me being rebooked? Like, I like these clubs actually went through and go, "Oh, this one doesn't like the MC." I didn't realize at the time nobody cared about the MC. I think I was working with another comic there, Bob Summerby. I think he had a bunch of cereal boxes. I could go on for hours about these stories. But in Milwaukee, now it's my turn to collect. This is the first time. The first time I'm going to be a a good boy and I'm going to play along with the promotion game. I'm going to, I'm no longer a comic. I'm now a marketer. And so I put on the table. It was an old headshot, me giving a peace sign. And I'm looking through the peace sign and it said, I'm starting a cult, join, (laughs) something like that. And I noticed people weren't filling them in. And I said to the club at the end of the week, I said, do you notice a lot of people fill in your your email request cards? And they said, yeah, you know, a few people thought you were actually starting a cult. Can we be this dumb? I'm not kidding. A few people thought you were actually starting a cult and, and didn't want to give their information. This is how stupid people are you just saw me on stage you know the way my mind works and you think i'm really starting a cult i'm just trying to be clever instead of saying what's your email i'm trying to make it more exciting which is what i should have never done in this career i should have just done what everybody else did that worked that's what they do on tv that's what they do in films and that's what works in art do the same shit we've already seen just let's repeat with a little variation like when you pitch films and television they'll go well this doesn't sound like anything else that's on TV. You're like, yeah, yeah. Well, they want you to say, it's like um, Sopranos meets um, Nurse Ratchet. I don't know what the example is, but it's like they don't want something. They're so afraid of something new and different. But when something new and different, like Sopranos comes along, Whoa! Blows up the world, and then it starts a whole new genre. But I don't know how you get there. I don't, because I tried. Tried a million times. Just didn't work. Nothing worked. So, I have no idea where we are in the show. I'm looking at my list. I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, Orny McOrny face and how I feel like I have a fat face this week. But, uh, no, crossing that right off the card. That goes into 12. 12. I circle it. Buddy bench done. Colt's done. Uh, exploding head syndrome. I'm going to talk about that. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Because this will give me a breather. 90 Day Fiance was on again, Sunday night. I can't get enough of this show. There's this couple, Brandon and Julia. She's from the Ukraine. Brandon lives on a farm, I believe in Virginia. And his parents... Now, it's one thing to live at home. I lived at home. It wasn't the most comfortable, but they didn't pry into my life. In fact, my parents actually know more about me now than when I lived at home in high school because of social media. My mom's constantly, like the other day, she said, oh, I like your new haircut. Like, how do you know I got a haircut? Oh, I saw you posted something. I'm like, oh. She was, it seems shorter on top. Is it? I said, I got to be honest with you. I even looked at my haircut. I got it two days ago. I haven't looked. You know why? Because we're in quarantine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I look like. I show up. I sit in, in, the, in the backyard of my hairdresser. And I'm not facing a mirror. I'm facing a mountain. And he starts chomping away. He's got a mask on. I've got a mask on. I've got sunglasses. I don't even know what the hell's going on. I really don't. I get home. I'm actually happy if my hair was even cut. It may, he may not have even cut my hair. I don't even know. I don't look on the ground for evidence. Maybe he's not even cutting my hair. There's no mirror. Do you know what it's like to get your hair cut without a mirror? It's very disorientating. Whatever that word is. You, you don't know what's going on. You don't know... I used to micromanage. I go, uh, maybe a little more on the left, or let's, we can go tighter there, or leave it long on the top, or, uh, I mean, I was probably the worst client. They probably hated me. Uh, uh, You can bring those sideburns up a little bit. You can, you know, the whole time I'm doing that. Now that there's no mirror, I don't say anything. It's just staring at the mountain. And then the haircut's done. I I pay him. I get home. The only one that notices is my mom, I guess. I don't know what he did. I don't know if it's shorter on top. Because of social media, my parents know more about my life now than when I lived at home. And my mom will, um I didn't like the uh, <clears throat> the Orny's toenail bit on the pangolin episode. I'm like, I don't need to hear this. I don't, I wish she didn't listen. I actually wish, I wish I had some freedom. You ever fantasize about what your life would be like if you had no relatives? How differently? I think I'd be living on a beach in Thailand. I really do. I really, really do. With my golf pencils. Do they still make golf pencils? I'm going to make What's Wrong with Oney Adams pencils, and they're going to be very fancy for you golfers. Someday I'll tell you about how I was a caddy, not much of a golfer. Let's play this. So 90 Day Fiance, you know the premise of the show. It's Americans falling in love with people in other countries, and then they bring them to America, and it doesn't work out. Because when stuff works out on reality television, it's not that fun, is it? We want it to not work out. We want it to not work out. You know what? I want some music. I want, yes, let's get some music going. Bum, 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 bum. Ah, this is another segment of Orny Yells at His TV. Bump, 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 bum, bum. bum, 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 bum. All right, let's play it. On the last episode, I introduced many listeners to this reality show, 90 Day Fiancé, which airs on TLC. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, so, the season premiere was last week, and we're now on episode two. And I'm fascinated by this couple, Brandon. That's his fiancé. They're very young, they're in their 20s. Thank you so
3: much. And
1: Brandon lives on a farm with his parents i think in virginia and the parents are a little overbearing now there's always a problem with the couples on this show usually the problem is it's a guy who's way past his prime he falls in love with a woman in another country oh that's the premise of the show uh americans fall in love with people in another country and then bring them over here with a k1 visa which allows them 90 days together in the country, allows a person into the country for 90 days to see if the relationship is going to work. By the end of the 90 days, they either have to get married or the person goes back to the other country. Usually, middle-aged guy who, well past his prime, uh, brings over a woman that you would look at and go, no way she's into this guy. She's into America. She's here because she wants to live in America, or vice versa. Sometimes it's a woman with a much younger guy. But in this case, the mismatch is the parents. The couple, both the same age, early 20s, both attractive, but he lives on a farm with these people. And in the last episode, I went over it. that the, the parents won't let them sleep in the same bedroom on the farm. And Brandon didn't tell her this. Brandon was planning on telling her later. But guess who brings it up and ruins it?
3: Cheers.
1: Mom. The one who the, just said cheers.
3: The, Happy new the complete family. Uh, welcome, to <laughs> welcome to the USA. Welcome to the USA. Welcome to the America.
1: USA. Welcome to living with Brandon's Maury. parents. Brandon
3: has not told Julia the fact that they're going to have separate rooms mm-hmm. yet. And I just feel like she needs to know.
1: I agree. I agree. Well, let Brandon tell her.
3: So while you're at the farm, you know that there's going to be some rules that we have to follow. Uh-oh. Just out of respect, and I'm not sure where, how your culture handles this, but we thought it would be a really good idea that you have your own room.
1: Oh, if you could see the look on her face. She's like, I didn't fly from the Ukraine to sleep in a separate bed. And Brandon is just shocked. He Explain. can't believe his mom brought this up. And I can't either. But that's why you don't live at home with your parents when you're 27. You stay your room.
3: I stay different
1: room. She's confused. What? Wait! I, you stay what do you in one think room.
4: About? I don't, I don't, I don't I, like
1: it. I stay in a different room. She said, "What do you think about it?" He says, oh, "I don't like it." But this guy doesn't know. He doesn't have the, the the guts to stick up to his parents or his mom right now. And? Uh oh. She said, "And." And um, our
3: house, kind of our rules.
1: Ooh, our house, our rules. I don't, I don't
3: really have a choice.
1: The mom is so proud of herself. She definitely
3: so- feels somewhat blindsided. I was going to tell Julia, like, after she had time to settle in, you know, and my mom just comes out and drops it right on her.
1: Well, what, what, what else could mom drop on Julia on night one? She hasn't even slept one night in America yet. They're at a hotel, I think probably in D.C., if they're picking her up at the airport, and the mom drops that bombshell. Hey, welcome to America. You're sleeping in a separate room. And these, these kids, they just want to jump on each other. You know what it's like. You're not
3: saying me before.
1: Oh, she said you wasn't didn't. wasn't being honest. Oh, oh there's the dad. She said, you didn't you didn't tell me this before. You didn't tell me before I came that I was sleeping in another you. room. And th- this is the dad throws the son under the bus.
3: You're not saying me before. you
1: not saying me before. That's what she said. you not say me before. He wasn't being honest. Thanks, Dad. Shame on you. He wasn't being honest. Shame on you. Boy, these... Parent, you do agree with what your mother is talking about, don't you? I mean, wow. What? You just never want your son to get laid. Um, I think it sucks, but L- listen. I think it sucks. I would have stormed out by now. I would have stormed out, and I would have gotten a job and moved yeah, out. I don't understand.
2: it. yelling at house.
1: Him not saying
3: oh, no okay. for parents. Oh, Him right. say yes, of course. This is Julia complaining he like, hey. Should I talk with parents, say, I think we need like this because
1: She's life, saying, come on, I dude, you got, got to stick boy. up to your parents. And and this is my new wife. This, this is my new wife. We should be life. sleeping and I guess they're married. I thought they were engaged.
3: Just until you get married.
1: Oh, okay. We feel it's just a respect You know day. what
3: you're doing
1: tomorrow. She said, doing you know what we're tunnel. doing tomorrow? We're going to get married.
4: Going to get.
3: We're going to get married tomorrow. <laughs> 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 we don't have a problem if you marry. If
1: yes, we will get married don't tomorrow, we won't have this married. problem.
3: I don't have a problem. Can we also have children? Then.
1: <laughs> oh, don't bring it.
3: Speaking of children. Oh,
1: Brandon, why did you bring that up?
3: You guys do not want children right away, right?
1: Oh, get ready for this.
3: Yes, we're not thinking about children now. Oh,
1: okay. thank you, mom and dad, for never, never talking to me like this in front of a date. Thank you when I brought somebody home for not for not ever talking to me like this. Thank you. Thank you mom and dad. You really you did a great job in regards to this and I just I can't thank you enough. So you
3: you're going to take proper steps to make sure that there are no children yet?
1: What? Oh boy. The shock on the young. We don't plan children now. We plus maybe after. We don't plan kids children kids. now. Yes,
3: so But I mean you're Making sure you have adequate protection. This is
1: a question for Brandon. She said, the mom's asking, you're making sure you have adequate protection? It's not your business. It's not your business. And Julia's cringing. She's like, Brandon... Shut your mom off. How do you? How do you shut? I can't go to the farm with these crazy Americans. And then later she says something to the the effect of, "My parents wouldn't talk to me like this. Why do, Why am I talking to them like this?" Life? is my life what?
2: and
3: him life. This is this
1: my is life, life and my his parents. life, not his parents' life. That's what like you just said. I don't
3: like when people ask me these questions. She doesn't not like when people ask these me questions.
1: It's not comfortable for me. This is crazy. That's great. Damn right, it's crazy. I'm not
3: drinking medicine. I'm not because, drinking medicine. Because uh, when I go, uh, doctor, doctor says not good for all girl. Drink she's... medicine, yes. It's, it's, it's... That sounds like something out of the dark age. Yeah, don't be <laughs> dumb.
1: Don't be dumb. She's saying she's not on birth control. And then the mother. Um, when she says drink medicine, she means like take medicine. Take ah,
3: like oh, a pill. No no, no no no! Things aren't like that anymore though. If there's an accident. And no, I'm 26 years, she said, I'm I 26 years old. I've never children. had an
1: accident in regards to having uh, and his ex boyfriend.
3: It's only 20, it's not 26 years, it's only a few years, and things happen when you don't plan them.
1: How amazing is this show? How amazing is this show? If you want children, this is so if you uncomfortable children, to no, watch. This is so Let's uncomfortable. It's sure none of the parents' business. Way this is them. why I watch 90 Day Fiance. People say, Why do you watch it? I this, like is, I this, 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 this is why. This is, is why. This game, 90 Day Fiance. You got to watch it. I, I can't spend too much time on this episode talking about it, but this is Brandon and Julia. They're going to live on the farm with these parents that are way too into their business, talking to them about sleeping in separate rooms, talking to them about birth control. Julia, take my advice. Get on a plane and uh, go back to the Ukraine or find yourself uh, somebody... Somebody who has her own place. Yeah. I mean, boy, does that make me cringe. Is there another word for cringe? I mean, it might be one of the best words ever. Cringe. That makes me cringe. I don't know about... The mom says, I don't know about your culture. Wait, to sound like a dumb American. And you know when she says drink medicine, you know she, her English isn't good. She's trying to say take medicine. Oh, oh I love it. I can't wait for next Sunday. Mm. Fire it up fire it up. Oh, I can't. how are we at 50? And by the way, that was 90 day fiance airs on TLC. I could do an entire podcast just about that show, but I don't know what the level of interest uh, is for you guys. I don't know what anybody's thinking. Uh, I want to read an email because I'm at 50 minutes right now and I always worry about time. Cause again, people, you know, study show that podcast that ended 48 minutes. I've got to stop listening to people. I'm gonna tell you right now, this podcast, we're not even halfway through what I wanna talk about or the clips that I've edited and put together. So there will be a part two, probably in, in two days, once I once I reconfigure my thoughts. But I, I don't and I do wanna thank everybody for contacting me at laugh at ornyadams.com. I really I wanna I, I enjoy all the feedback. I'm enjoying the people are sharing this podcast with people and um uh, and people are sending in theme songs. I mean, listen to this one. Is this the... Uh, I don't know, press the wrong button. Yeah, I was on the wrong page, of course. I would have pressed the wrong button. Listen to this. This is Heather. How cool is this that she took the time? She plays There's the violin. Why is it
2: always raining? Why
1: is it? That's so... Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. So millennial. Why is it always raining? What? He's, He's got, got great big eyes. Orny, Orny, Adams, Adams, Adams.
2: Put it together and what do you got? What? We got Orny
1: Adams. Adams. Bump, bump, wait, wait, wait. bump, his bump. Name? <laughs> his
2: name's Orny.
1: What's, What's your name? What's your name, <laughs> Heather? I, how do you not remember my, What's name? Heather? I, not remember my What's name? name? Heather. That's Heather, a.k.a. Mustard Ghosts on Instagram. You should look at her uh, page support her for supporting me. She put a lot of time into this theme song and she sent it to me. She sent different versions. I have an instrumental to play if I want. So thank you, Heather. And Heather, talking to you right now, go to my website, go to OrnyAdams.com and pick a t-shirt. I'd like to send you one of my t-shirts that I can no longer sell because I'm not working the road. So I'm just going to start giving them away. Heather, t-shirt go to the website ornyadams.com go to the merch page pick a t-shirt tell me what size you want and i'm telling you i don't know you heather but whatever size if you get a female shirt go one up i don't know you so if you're small get a medium if you're a medium get a large you you see where i'm going with this do you you understand this isn't the ash conformity test the correct answer is if if you're a medium get a large pick a t-shirt and send me your address if you're comfortable, and I'd be happy to send it to you. I already have somebody who's covered the theme for next week. Uh, a listener named Kirk and his wife and uh, his friend on a boat did a Irish folk version, I guess. But here's an email. This is from Rod. Hello, Orny. I've been a fan for several years. I saw you live in Pittsburgh, Kansas. wwwoa is my favorite podcast of all, and I have tried many. Yes, make them as long as you want. 50 minutes goes by way too fast. Like Kirk, I listen in the car and while working on my boat in the shop. So a longer podcast or two releases a week works for me. Oh, great. Thanks, Rod. More work for me. I like the content. Some of the in-car interviews are hard to hear. uh, So I like when you explain what they are saying. Keep it up, please. Exclamation, exclamation. Rod, Rod, you got it. I'm over. I'm over. In fact, my SD card is running out of space. That's what it says. I've gone so far over. Um, so you're getting you're getting two this week, buddy. And I want to thank Heather again for that that theme song. Let's let's get into. Do we want to play Stephen Allen Green yelling at me? He was so upset. He
0: really was. The other day, listen to this. You know, no, it's a little embarrassing, Frank. This is why I didn't want to do your podcast.
1: (laughs) Do I want to play that? Or do I want to play something called Exploding Head Syndrome? Hmm. You know what would make sense right now? If I had a producer to tell me what to do. It's just me. I'm just sitting here making decisions. I'm not qualified to edit myself. As I sit here in my my home studio in my Shasta Air Flight, which I converted, Big Yellow, I'm sitting here in Big Yellow, and i would be nice if somebody else was here. Could somebody communicate? Could I get a sign from my cult, please? Could somebody uh, please be empathetic enough in the neighborhood to feel the vibrations I'm giving out? Could you please leave uh, the Whole Foods vitamin Isle and come save me, please. Somebody tell me what clip to play. I've so many clips. I totally forgot. I have another Stephen Allen Green clip to play amongst the other Stephen Allen Green clips. And I forgot. I never got to, I want this whole episode, by the way, was supposed to be about chasing perfection. And I was going to talk about Bruce Springsteen and his need for for perfection. We, I even mentioned that. I wanted to discuss sports teams changing their names and what happens when you allow people uh, to vote on names. It happened in England and we got Bodie McBoatface. And I wanted to talk about Orny McOrny face and Orny McFatty Fatface this week because I don't know, I must have eaten too much sodium. And what a great week to add cameras to my podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm waving at the camera. What a disaster. What a disaster. It'd be nice to have a producer to say, well, let's go to this clip. Let's clip this. Uh, forget this. Oh, you forgot to mention this. And, and don't, here's a note on this and, and look stuff up while I'm doing this. But it's just me. It's just me sitting here doing it my own. Let's play some Heather playing violin. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. This makes me happy. ba 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 da 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 that's there some good fiddle reminds me of growing up in the country apple picking and the country fair and throwing and breaking bottles and winning me a stuffed animal for my my lady my sitting on the porch and whittling in the afternoon sun and going into the pond and pulling leeches off myself myself myself, myself just turned irish what just happened what just happened I just, I just became Irish, pulling leeches off myself, and I don't want to hear anybody say that isn't a perfect Irish accent. Because what I just gave you, you could see in Peaky Blinders, you could see that in, 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 a, in a guy, whatever his name is, film, perfect Irish accent. I'm not even gonna do it again. Make you go back and listen. Sitting on the boat, growing up as a kid, sitting with Pa, fishing not saying anything to each other cuz that's more manly keeping it in episode 11 what's wrong with Orny adams it's becoming a marathon that's what this is please feel free to keep in contact this, by the way we're not even close to over we've got to play a couple of uh, of I'm going to do Stephen Allen Green, part one, and then part two will be in episode 12. And then I need to discuss Alien Hand. People suffer from Alien Hand. They suffer from exploding head, uh, exploding head syndrome. Listeners brought this to my attention. They sent in clips. I'm going to play you clips of the listeners asking me to discuss this. That's going to be at the end. I'll try and make that fun. I don't know if I can. I don't know what's left anymore. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I lost control. Episode eleven just spun out of control. So this is what I'm. What what is about to happen? I'm gonna play you. Do I want to play you? Where the fight broke out? No. I, I show okay, up. Okay. I'll get close I Yeah. I just. Show, I show up. Ugh, again, hitting the wrong button. I show up at uh, S- Stephen Allen Green's apartment. He was nice enough to invite me over. We're gonna sit out on the balcony the communal balcony of the apartment complex with masks and socially distanced. I have a recorder with microphone cords that are 20 feet long. Problem is Steven couldn't hear me. So first he gives me a tour of his apartment and, and what led to this, the impetus for this segment, people wrote me at laugh at or contacted me on social media at oney Adams. And they said, Hey, what's, what happened? What we're curious. We need an update on Steven. Is he alive? And you know, I think that oftentimes myself, and I just go to the Facebook page, and I and I see, oh, good, he's still upset about something. <laughs> oh, and he gets upset at me when we start recording. First, he gives me a nice tour of of his complex. Let's play this. Yeah, wow. So this is your place. I know, isn't it, weird? it is so. You know, when I came in the building, I, I thought this is really nice
0: and old and
1: quaint, and nice. I actually thought I was going to get shot. Nice hardwood floors. How would you describe your place?
0: It's a former 1920s hotel, converted into apartments, and it is exactly what I was looking for, which was a writer's room I could sleep in. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've had much bigger apartments and houses, etc. And it's it, it's an adjustment, but it's it's a good. Temporary workspace. Wow. I know. And I got a little kitchen in the corner, and I got a bathroom.
1: Okay, so let me try and describe this. Because <clears throat> yeah. you walk down the hall, Yeah, and this is one of the few times in my life I was afraid to knock
0: on the wrong door. Oh Yeah, well, it has that. There's been a lot of crime here over the decades.
1: So I knocked, and then I backed up. So I I, I knocked yeah. and yelled, <laughs> Yeah, Stephen, I noticed that. And then I backed up. And right now I'm in the hall while Stephen's in, in his room, which... That's that's no joke. I knocked on his door and then I backed up about ten feet because I thought, what if he gave me the wrong number and somebody just starts shooting through the door? You know, I mean, it it makes you don't have a balcony, do you?
0: I do. It's the on Sunset across of Netflix.
1: Oh, so we'll go, we'll go sit. It's a out. bit
0: noisy, but it's okay because it might, has.
1: Yeah, might be interesting. So yeah, let me describe your room. So it is maybe twelve feet by fifteen.
0: One hundred and seventy-seven square feet.
1: So what is that? Twelve by fifteen? Probably. And you've That's got a good math. Now, morning. where did this mattress come from? Because this it doesn't Well, I mean, there's a
0: history of mattresses here. So this particular mattress was a futon that had a metal frame that was given to me by one of my ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. when she moved out of her place.
1: Do you have any trouble sleeping on this mattress? I'm being serious.
0: Uh, no, not really. I like it. Uh,
1: I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Steven because I consider him a friend and he's hit hard times. But that mattress, if you saw it on the side of the road, you wouldn't pick it up. I'm thinking of starting a a GoFundMe to get Stephen a new mattress, but I don't believe in GoFundMes. But if anybody has, if anybody lives in Los Angeles and has an extra mattress, please contact me. What's wrong at OneyAdams.com? I had one when I moved. I would have loved to have given it to Stephen. Let's continue. Okay. So you walk in, you walk in the door immediately to your left is a a table. Hold on a second. Was that empathy? Did I just accidentally show empathy? And uh, how, how did I have that? Nobody taught me that in school. Wooden table with a computer on it. Right next to that is a small fridge that's like a dorm room type fridge. Is that Hotel fair? room, yeah. Hotel room. room, sure. And then next to that, is that a sink? What is
0: that? Uh, that's just their built-in fake little pretend kitchen corner.
1: You've got a window with a small AC unit, and the yep. window's facing where?
0: What street is that facing? Is what facing that window? It isn't a street; it's a building. Oh, it's a-
1: if if any one line describes Stephen Alan Green to me, it's that. I just want to know. There's a window. The shade is drawn. Is that right? It's closed, and I can't see what it faces. I go. What what is that? Fa-? Like I know. I walk into a building. I have to know exactly what direction every window's facing. I'm like, what is that face? I'm just curious. I kind of want to like, where am I? Where's sunset? Where, 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 when I, when somebody starts shooting and I jump out this window, where, where am I going to end up? And he's like, what, what street? Listen to his disgust. What street? What? How could you be so dumb? It faces a building, a building.
0: Is what facing? That window. It isn't a street. It's a building.
1: Oh, it's Okay. All right. Next door. You've got a ceiling fan. You've got a small bathroom. And is this a closet? Yeah. Okay. And then a file cabinet to the right of the door. Okay. And there's the the bike. There's There's the bike you bought. Yeah. With your uh, stimulus money.
0: Part of the stimulus money. Yeah. Bicycle.
1: So it's really hot in here. So let's go outside. Do you control the heat or?
0: Uh, Sort of. So they have the heat on a timer. And all we can do is turn it off. We can't mm. turn it on uh well, we can turn it on or off, but it won't go on if there theirs isn't on
1: and when you're in so, here and he's enjoying... making fun he's making fun of me for the way that i I ask where the where the window's facing listen to that explanation does that make it, it's got to be an easier way to say this we can we can turn the heat hold
0: on. on uh well, we can turn it on or off, but it won't go on if there' theirs isn't on
1: when you're in here during like the shutdown do you get claustrophobic oh yeah
0: but what i do is i just pour my mind into my writing because i'm like i'm writing a movie now that takes place in london so literally you take yourself i, I there. take myself to london yeah. through the computer but you know i also
1: and they're above the mattress which is on the floor there's no box spring is, are some shelves yeah. with some scripts, uh, a microphone, and an old picture of Stephen Allen Green. Yep. That's how I remember you.
0: <laughs> that guy, yeah, with the uh, cigar, cigar smoked, a Wonderful photo an taken head by. An old shot. It. Well, it was taken by a guy in New York who is an award uh, We don't winning... give a shit.
1: We don't give a shit, Stephen. We care about you now. Come on, let's go outside.
0: You're a and, prick. Come on. Let's go. You're going to have your beef. with You're such make. a prick. I was just going to promote my friend who took the picture. I know, but when you that's not here, morally what we do in showbiz. And you
1: can... <laughs> So there's a lot of like it gets like that. What you have to understand is this is a friend and we go after each other and we like to laugh and I think I think Stephen has really good s- spirit right now. He seems to be handling this well and he's you know, I'm 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 happy. But here's I'm going to play you one more clip. And then in the next episode, I'll, I'm will i going to play you, I'm, there's no time today, but what I'll do is I'll play a clip from 2019 when he was driving me to the airport and we sort of continued the discussion that was left off in the previous episode, like episode five. And then I'll play you a 20 minute discussion that we had on his balcony as an update. Is that cool? Are you cool with that? Because we're well over an hour now, and I haven't even had a chance to discuss alien hand and sleeping beauty syndrome and stuff like that. Steven, uh, let's play this fight. Where's the fight intro? I wonder if it's this one.
0: So you're feeling uh, good. You're feeling fine. I wouldn't say that. But uh, in terms of my security about the apartment, I mean— you know, no, it's a little embarrassing, Frank. This is why I didn't want to do your podcast. Okay. Do you not want to talk? No, I do, but it's just that you get into these things that I don't want to talk about publicly.
1: Okay, let's not talk about it then. What do you well, want to talk about? Well, we already did, and now uh, I'm concerned. All, okay, I won't. What don't you want me to air? It, what, what did you just talk about you don't want me to put on? I'd uh, be happy to d- edit it out.
0: Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, the details about the apartment. I mean... All you have to
1: say. This is all I need you to say, Stephen. Just say this. I ask you, are you worried about being evicted? You say, no. You say, no, I'm not, because, and then just lay it out. Why do you need to, why does your audience need
0: to know if I'm going to be evicted?
1: Because you post about that on social media. I'm not bringing up anything that you haven't brought up on social media,
0: right? Well, but even so, uh, more people listen to you than they do to me. So I'm exposing myself to a bigger audience. So Okay, Okay, let's start over. Let's start
1: over. over. Let's just start over. Pretend none of this happened. Okay. All right. Let me. I'm going to stop it. We'll start a new. Recording. I'm sorry. Well, I can tell you're uptight. You're not. You're not relaxed. Relax and have a good time. Can you do that? Would, I won't ask you anything. You're uncomfortable. All I want. No. I'm per-
0: look. I'm l- 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 let me. L- l- let's just say that was a cold run. Let's start it again. Let me answer this question properly. Okay. Let me set it up again. But let me do this. Ask me again. Okay. Hold on.
1: So, so we started over. And guess what? He basically said the exact same stuff again and then said I could use it. But that's as much of the first conversation uh, that I'm playing. And then we went on and we had a a long, we had a discussion, I guess, previous to that. Oh, my head's going to explode. I'm going to have exploding head syndrome right now as I'm awake and it's a sleep disorder. Am I sleeping through my own podcast? We started to record and I was asking him about his living situation. I'm just really curious how people are making ends meet right now. Okay? I find Steven fascinating. I could talk to him for hours. I find him refreshing. In fact, the only difference between Steven Alan Green and Kim Kardashian is a reality show. If he had a reality show, he'd be living in a huge house and people would adore him as, as they should. As much as I know of him, I find him, you know, a little bit out of touch with reality. And Stephen, if you're listening, I'm starting a cult. I, I've got an email sign up for you. I'm starting a cult and uh, because the spaceship's coming and I'm the only one that that knows where the spaceship is. Uh, it, it's on the top of And that, And I'm going to get you on the spaceship, buddy. You let me know. And there's a tithing. 30% of whatever you're getting from the government in support right now, you give to me. You give to me. Stephen's a good guy. There are a lot of people like this in Hollywood. His story is more common, but what most people do is they conceal the story. What I find refreshing about Stephen is he doesn't. He puts it out there. And jokingly, I said to him uh, on social media, when you post all, all everything that's going wrong in your life, you're, you're giving a masterclass on failing. So I'm going to, I'm what happened was we started to record and I was asking him questions about things that he had posted on social media. He, I I don't even want to say, I don't know what I'm allowed to say right now, Steve. In fact, I say that in the the next segment, I'm bringing up stuff that he's discussing publicly, but he's upset that I'm bringing it up because I have a bigger audience. So we get into this, you know, what you heard. He's like, I don't want, this is why I didn't want to do your podcast. You're asking me things I, I don't want to discuss but I thought I had told him that's what we were going to discuss. So everything I've played for you today and everything I am want to play on the next episode, he has heard, except for the clip from 2019, but he has no objections. He has no objections. And in the future, if you want to know how he's doing, find him on social media. He's there. He was very upset in the last, uh, the, the last time I had him on because we misspelt his name in the description of the podcast. So I can't, I can't win uh, with some people. Let's let's get on to some more f- uh, fun stuff. Fun. Where's my violin? Where's my violin? Hold on. Violin, plays. Let's do a segment. Let's do a segue. Bum, 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 bu-bum, bu-bum. So what happened was, fans wrote in. They emailed me, and they said. Uh, I suffer from something I don't know if you're you're aware of this, but I'd love for you to discuss it sent me an email so I said listen, never heard of this before? I looked into it a little bit. I've watched videos on YouTube could you could you tell me could you tell me about your experience and she sent me a one minute clip and then I I uh, I don't know if people know this, but I have over a million followers on on different platforms. And I put out to my million loyal followers that know I'm starting a cult because I know where the spaceship is and when it's coming and that the world is coming to an end because I've seen the signs. I've seen the signs. and We're all going to wear our hair like me. So, I totally forgot where I was. I posted to my million plus followers thinking this is, I hope I don't get bombarded with, responses and audio clips from people explaining this syndrome that they all share. Well, good news, three people contacted me. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I I don't want to bash the people following me, but uh I think you guys could do a better job. Like a much better job. Be a little bit more interactive when I post. You know? So, here we have a clip, a listener named Lynn, who we must have empathy for.
5: Hi, Orny. This is Lynn, and I listen to your podcast, and I thought it would be interesting if you discuss something that I personally suffer from called Exploding Head Syndrome.
4: CBS2's Dick Brennan looks into what's called Exploding Head Syndrome.
5: An air horn. An explosion, a
2: gunshot. Imagine being awakened by one of these from a sound sleep. It is very startling and it is uh, jarring. Even more jarring
3: when you realize this deafening sound is all in your head. It seems physicians wrote about this as far back as 1876, but we didn't get the name Exploding Head Syndrome, aka EHS, until 1988. It's quite a mysterious condition, and doctors are still not sure how to treat it. We'll first explain what it might feel like to have this condition.
0: An uncommon phenomenon that causes a person, usually female, to suffer from sudden, loud, and unexplainable noises right on the verge of sleep. Noises which are jarring and can sound like the popping of fireworks, gunshots, the bang of slamming doors, and even loud explosions. In some cases, violent screaming or sobbing
3: is heard. There could also be bright flashes in front of your face. It might feel like you have some kind of alien interference in your brain. You're no doubt frightened, but it will soon pass. That's exploding head syndrome in a nutshell. Because more research has to be done on EHS, we don't know how many people are regularly affected or have been affected at least once by this.
1: Why exploding head syndrome happens is still a mystery, but one theory, says Sharpless, is that something like a hiccup occurs in the part of the brain that controls hearing.
4: So instead of shutting down your auditory neurons when you're going to sleep, for some reason they all fire at once and that's why you get this really loud noise.
1: From young to old, Sharpless has found anyone can be a victim. But besides interrupting sleep, he says there are no
3: major health concerns.
4: Exploiting head syndrome is generally harmless in spite of the scary name. Sharpless has found many EHS sufferers also experience sleep paralysis
1: when a person is temporarily unable to move or speak upon falling asleep or awakening. Dick Brennan, CBS 2 News. Well, for the people that believe in power of suggestion, I'm sorry you had to hear that. (laughs) I hope, I hope I just didn't give some people exploding head syndrome. It could be worse. Imagine every time you're about to fall asleep, all of a sudden you have to hear my stand-up comedy. Do you see how crazy it's gotten? I was raised on germs, okay? Germs are good for you. I didn't wash my hands until I was 22. In my family, there are five people, one sink, one hand towel. Five people shared one hand towel that never dried. It's still wet. When I go home, it's still wet from 1989. And I just found out recently that none of us ever touched the front of the towel, because that's where we thought everybody else was touching. We all snuck around back. Turns out that's where the polio, scabies, hand, foot, mouth, head, shoulders, knees and toes. Knees and toes disease was hanging out. And COVID. COVID. Oh, if I had said COVID three years ago on my special, oh, I could definitely start a cult. You'd join because you'd think, oh, he was a, he, he saw, he saw the future. So just be happy when you fall asleep. You don't wake up to my comedy blaring in your head. So when people say it could be worse, th- there's an example: exploding. Orny does stand-up comedy in my head syndrome. Imagine that disorder. You think you think explosions are bad? Would you rather wake up every night to one of my routines or explosions and flashes and moments of sleep paralysis? Oh, oh! I gotta l- check this out. One uh, listener sent in about uh, sleep paralysis. She said, but sleep paralysis can F right off. Imagine being awake and unable to move and every sound in the world is frozen at that exact millisecond and blaring in your head until you can move a finger or toe to snap out of it. That S can... E-A-O... Oh, I can't say this. So I put together that clip package with audio I pulled off of videos on YouTube. If you want to hear more of that audio... Go to YouTube and search these YouTuber names. Are they called YouTubers? Usernames? Anyway. And I want to thank them. Creepypasta and the infographic shows and CBS News Report. And the stand-up clip of mine that I played is from my last special, more Than Loud, which is not available anywhere. So stop asking me where you can watch it. You can listen to it on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Pandora. But I haven't found the right person to help me get it up on, on uh, Amazon and iTunes for video. Okay? You want to know what's wrong? That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong in the stand-up world. That my my specials, all of them, aren't available for you to download right now. Instantly, before I even say, uh, press stop on this recorder. You tell them Orny. You tell them Imagine suffering from that, waking up and hearing explosions. I, I would have trouble sleeping because I would think, when's the explosions? When, when, when do the explosions start? So I put out on social media, I said, listen, I, I'm thinking of discussing this. Maybe this is something that, that we can figure out in, 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 in together. So these are actual f- clips people sent in, and and I'll talk over them. Let's, Hi, Ornie.
5: This is Lynn, and I listen to your podcast, and I thought it would be interesting if you discuss something that I personally suffer from called exploding head syndrome.
2: Hi, Ornie. This is Amanda. I'm from Massachusetts and I'm kind of really excited to hear someone talking about exploding head syndrome because it seems like one of those things that it's way more common than people think and nobody really knows about it. Um, And how can you know it's happening to you if you don't know about it, right?
4: Hi, my name is
2: Heather. I am in South
4: Florida. I do listen to your podcast, but I was actually introduced to you by my students. I am a science teacher and athletic coach, and I was informed that I am a female version of coach, which I now know is the highest of compliments. I first had my uh, attack of exploding head syndrome when I was seven and I was going through some some trauma Uh, at the same time I also developed sleep paralysis and some weird kind of disorienting symptoms when I was super tired and in some weird lighting like strobe lights or fluorescent lighting Um, the first time I remember having an attack I was laying in bed at my grandparents house and I remember hearing this loud very intense short bang uh, woke me up all the way, um, scared me. I thought it was a gunshot or a bomb, um, but
5: then I realized it was coming from inside uh, my head. Um, Terrifying. That's that's what it is. I'm just falling off to sleep, and I feel this surge of electricity going through my body, and at the same time, I see this bright light flash. It's almost like lightning. And um, the noise that I hear sometimes is very, very loud, like a starter pistol. Sometimes it's a little less loud, like a a door slamming. And the weird thing is this can happen any night. Um, There's no pattern to it. I can go weeks without it happening, and then it can happen three times in one night.
2: So that's exactly the situation with me. Um, It doesn't happen to me often. It happened a lot more when I was a kid. But when it does happen, it's usually a loud crash or a boom, like a car crashing. It was or a gunshot.
4: Thunder. Or a or... um, but then I realized it was coming from inside my head. Um, the first
2: time I remember having an attack, I was laying in bed at my grandparents' house. It would wake me up and I'd go get my mom and be like, oh, mom, I heard a noise. Did you hear that? What was it? And she'd say that she had been asleep. She didn't hear it. Um,
5: I think it's important that people know I do not use recreational drugs I'm not epileptic. Um, I've just dealt with this all my life.
4: It was it was diagnosed more as PTSD and anxiety and you know, those kinds of things. So no one really looked into a neurological cause then, um, which I think back on now was kind of odd because my mother has neurologically triggered migraines. She has the same, triggers as i do
2: i didn't figure out that it wasn't a real noise until i was at a sleepover i was like i think 16 years old um and i was almost asleep and my friend was still awake um and it happened and i like jolted up and i was like oh my god did you hear that what was it and she hadn't heard anything.
4: The exploding head syndrome really never bothered me once I learned what it was.
5: The sleep paralysis was always more terrifying to me. The good thing is it's there's no permanent side effects and I can usually fall back asleep. Another thing I've noticed is that both of my kids
4: have displayed some of those same symptoms. My, my daughter tells me she has exploding head syndrome sometimes and definitely has sleep paralysis.
2: I haven't talked to my doctor about it because it happens so rarely with me. Um, and because there's really nothing that anyone can do about it, like to prevent it. Being
4: worse and more frequent. So I am actually on a drug now called Lamictal, which is an anti-seizure. Um, it's also used for some other things, but it is mainly an anti-seizure. And since then, most of my symptoms have either disappeared or fully or they've been greatly reduced. And
2: everything I was reading was saying that there's no physical harm done by it. It's just scary for a
5: moment and then you
2: get over it. (laughs) Thank you Ornie for having me send this in and thank you for listening.
5: I just want to know if anybody else suffers from this Um, and I cannot stress enough that I really hate the name of this disorder Um, and uh, that's what I'm dealing with.
1: There you go. What's wrong with exploding head syndrome? The name. It is stupid. She's right. I want to thank those listeners for sending in those clips, but exploding head syndrome? It sounds science fiction. It sounds like you wake up and your head's exploded. It's a dumb name. And and I wanted to talk about how we should vote on a new name, but you know what happens. You get Bodie McBoatface in the UK. They were voting on a boat. I'm going to talk about this on the next episode, so I, I, I'm already... I've already gone too far. I've already, I've done too much, but they should call it, uh, did you hear that? Right? Cause you wake up and there's a person next to you. Go, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Then they should call it. My spouse can't sleep. Cause I'm hearing shit in my dreams s- syndrome. There's all these Paris, uh, uh, Paris Somnius? Is that what you got? Parasomnias, These, there's such weird names. So, there's uh, sleeping beauty syndrome. Maybe they should call this one not sleeping beauty syndrome. So sleeping beauty syndrome, uh, Klein-Levin syndrome, is a rare disorder that causes recurring periods of excessive sleepiness. In other some cases, this means up to 20 hours a day are spent sleeping. For some reason, this condition is commonly referred to as sleeping beauty syndrome. And it I guess it happens to men more often. And uh, men like a little bit past puberty. Uh, and, and exploding head syndrome is, is for women. You know, no, nah, I don't want to pin genders on this. Then there's one called alien hand syndrome. Who, whose name in the sleep disorders? Is anybody taking this seriously? Exploding head syndrome? Sleeping beauty syndrome? Why don't they call it wake up? Wake up! Wake up! Syndrome. For, instead of sleeping beauty syndrome. Alien hand syndrome. Now, I, I can't imagine this is a real syndrome. I I just can't. Uh it's a condition in which a person experiences their limbs acting seem uh seemingly on their own without conscious control over their actions. This sounds like a fake uh murder defense. Oh I just started stabbing my wife because I have alien hand syndrome. Right? This this isn't real. Alien hand syndrome I think somebody once had a defense where they killed their spouse in their sleep and said, "Oh, this is a sleeping disorder." But why not? Nobody's taking this this shit seriously with names like exploding head and and beauty uh, beauty and the sleep syndrome or uh, the last. Uh, why don't we name, name a uh, somebody somebody yell something out? Is there anybody else here helping me? I I'm gonna go to my body bench after this and I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry after this podcast that's gone on so long. I'm losing my mind. I'm having exploding head syndrome. I've had that on dates, by the way. My date says something and I just look at her. I "I can't believe she just said that. And then my head explodes. I hear, I hear what I I hope is, uh, it's a loud bang and I'm hoping it's a spaceship coming to take me away from this date. Okay. Here, here's, uh, There are, this is alien hand syndrome, there are a variety of clinical conditions that fall under this category, which most commonly affects the left hand. Now, this is where I go, this is bullshit. They claim sometimes the left hand, which is now the alien hand, starts to masturbate themselves, and they can't stop. Okay, again, this sounds like uh, a defense for a creep. You know what I mean? This sounds like, you know, I'm sitting outside on my body bench alone, and I look up, and there's a guy, you know, exposing himself and masturbating in front of me. And I go, hey, hey, cut that shit out! That's what I yell at him from my body bench. Now, maybe I should have empathy for this, this man, right? I've decided to take the root of... Cut this shit out! And he says, Sir, I know you're having a bad day. I can see because you're on your buddy bench. But I have alien hand syndrome and I can't stop this hand. Could you help me? That's what they claim. They claim the right hand now has to forcibly stop the alien hand. There's no way this is real, right? This is absurd. What's wrong with sleeping disorders? They need better names, and they need to be proven. I want I want a full report on my desk Monday on alien hand syndrome, and has it been proven? Because I, I just don't buy into it. If you suffer from alien hand syndrome, please contact me at um, what's wrong at orneyadams.com. What's wrong at orneyadams.com. Please let me know. Please. What is happening? I must know. I must, must know. What a great episode. Episode 11 of What's Wrong with Orny Adams. Please keep in contract, uh, contact on uh, social media at Orny Adams. Uh, the email for the podcast is what's wrong at OrnyAdams.com. You can send uh, audio clips to me. You can take a shot at making uh, a, a variation uh, of the theme song, which is what Heather did. I want to thank Heather one more time. You're getting a free t-shirt for sending in this song. What an episode. We went over cults, The, the buddy Bench, uh, Exploding Head Syndrome, and we had a follow-up with my friend, fellow comedian, Stephen Allen Green. I mean, what? What a show!
2: Just another day. And
1: why is it why always
5: it raining?
1: On the next episode, guess what? We'll have the f- the final uh, conversations with Stephen Allen Green. Although I have hours of recordings of him from when he used to drive me to the airport as uh, Uber, but I'm, just, I'm we're gonna we're gonna finish the conversation from this week with Stephen Allen Green. Uh, wait, 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 wait. And uh, we're gonna get into perfectionism, Bruce Springsteen, and I'm gonna tell you how I recycled a banana peel. That's where my mind is. Thanks, COVID. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. You've completely destroyed my brain. I can't even think straight. I can't I I think on the podcast I gave out my personal email by accident. I've got to go back and and, and edit that out. Thank you for listening. What's wrong with Orny Adams? This week I think it might have been me. <laughs> oh, And thank you, Ernesto Hurtado, for producing the podcast. So I'm not alone. Uh, We'll see you next time. In the meantime, you can find me on the Buddy Bench.